0: Hi, my name is Grace on Program Staff. You're listening to week two of the Falls Creek Podcast. The speaker for week two was Zane Black, and we had 5,016 students in attendance. Enjoy! How are you guys doing? It is awesome to be here again. My name is Zane Black, and I'm so pumped to be here with you guys. Um, one, I'm just excited because I, I look forward to weeks like this with great expectation. And, and here's what I, I expect. That God is going to do something here this week. Yes, and that is exciting. And now, I, I don't say that because, like, I think I'm some great speaker or that I have the ability to sort of influence you. I mean, it, just a little, like, in, into my life, uh, I barely graduated high school. Okay, so literally, like before, that, I don't know if you should cheer for that. I'll be honest. Uh, before graduation, my principal pulled me aside and was like, "I was a, I was a real punk kid in high school." Um, he was like, "Zane, do you realize, by law, I don't have to let you graduate?" I'd skipped a ton of school. I, I didn't grow up as a Christian. Um, I was totally rebellious, and so he was like, "By law." I can hold you back another year, and I remember my heart sank, and I was like, "Oh no!" And he's like, "But I'm gonna let you graduate." And I was like, "Yes!" And he's like, "Cause I don't want you back next year." <laughs> I was like, "You're mean," and I'm gone. <laughs> and I, I, I said to say like I, I was I'm not very I wasn't very studious. I'm not super smart. I don't have it in me to make this a great week, but I know the reality of the fact that there is a living God. And I know maybe some of you don't believe that yet or maybe some of you are questioning that. But I'd like to tell you as we start off this week that that God can change your life. And it takes you being willing to be open. Because if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. And sometimes it takes trying something new. Opening yourself up. And I know the reality that God can take the scars of your past and turn them to stories of his grace in your future. That he can take the brokenness of your life and weave it into a masterpiece to display his glory. That he could take your shame. And it could become part of your story. That he could he, he could take your depression and turn it to joy, take your anxiety and turn it to peace. Because God is alive. And so I I'm not going to be the one to do that. It's going to take God to do that. And, and part of that is we are going to open up the word this weekend. Okay. So if you brought your Bibles, I encourage you to bring them. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, I'm sure one of your youth leaders or someone can get you one. If you're like Zane, but I don't even know where places are in the Bible. It would be like Bible bingo, you know, just flipping, you might find the right spot. Or, you know, you can cheat in this test. So you can look over and, and find out where the, the books of the Bible that I'm talking about. They will also be on the screen. Okay, if you don't have a Bible, steal one from one. No, don't, don't just joking, don't steal the Bible. <laughs> Maybe that is like the unforgivable sin, I don't know. <laughs> um, no, we we'll, would we'll get you a Bible, we will find a Bible for you. Because here's the deal, this is not just an average book. This is the Word of God. It's, it's the world's number one best-selling book of all time. Sorry for all you Harry, Harry Potter fans. The Bible... <laughs> Is the world's number one bestseller, and 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 it's actually like our topic this week. We're going to talk about mystery, and that there is a lot of mystery. I mean, one of the things that's mystery about this is that it was written by you know people are like well, I don't trust the Bible. It was written by man. Well, technically, it was written by over forty different people, but the 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 mystery about the Bible is while it was written by over forty different people, actually in three different languages from from. Uh, Three different continents in a period of 2,000 years, this Bible was sort of composed and and brought together. What's wild, so diverse, written from like kings, but also like poor people, written by all sorts of different uh, social classes. But the wild thing, the mystery about it, is that all speaks of one great truth our need for God and how great this God is. And so while it was, yes. by by people, it was truly inspired, spoken by God, and so when we open up this, we have the opportunity, not just to hear like the words of Zane, but that like the words of God And so I think that's super exciting. So I'm going to have you guys open your Bibles. Uh, We're going to start with a verse. Uh, You don't have to turn. You can turn to this one. It's Ephesians 6.19. And this is kind of going to be our theme verse for the week. We're going to teach about it in the mornings. And then we're going to continue to talk about it at night. And what's kind of fun is it's like there is so much goodness in this one verse, Ephesians 6.19, that even through all that teaching and even if you go, go through it in like your breakout sessions in your own church, like you'll walk away and there's still more goodness in this. So we're like even just going to scrape the surface, even though we're going to talk about it a lot. So Ephesians 6.19, this is a guy, Paul, and, and Paul writes this, again, inspired by God. So it's not just Paul's words, although, yes, he wrote it, but truly, you know, God is inspiring this. It says this, Paul says, pray also for me, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And Paul's saying like, man, I want whenever I open my mouth, it to proclaim this mystery. And what is the mystery? The gospel. And I want to talk to us tonight about what this is gospel is. And the first place we're going to go in the Bible to learn about this is where Jesus speaks about it, okay? Because if we want to learn about the gospel, it would be a good thing to learn from Jesus about it. So if you still have your Bibles out, turn to John chapter 3, okay? And, and, And I learned this from one of my friends, Ed Newton. Have you guys ever been to camp when Ed has spoken? Yeah. So he started this tradition, and I think it's like whenever he says open up your Bible, people cheer. And I just like that, so can we carry on that tradition? So open up your Bibles to John chapter 3. Yeah, all right, cool. Let's run with that. So John chapter 3, this is Jesus speaking with a guy named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a religious person. He was a person who who wanted to follow God. He knew a lot about God because he would have studied uh, what's called the Old Testament, so he would have been uh, learning about God. He was a, a leader, um, in, in, in this religious group of people following God. And, and then he hears about Jesus. And, and now he begins to wonder, is this the promised one? And he's heard that Jesus is doing miracles. And so Nicodemus comes up to Jesus late at night because he's kind of afraid of what other people might think. His reputation is on the line. So he sneaks up to Jesus at night and begins to ask him questions. And I love how Jesus responds to Nicodemus. So we're going to jump into the story in John chapter 3, verse 3. And and Jesus says, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Verse 4. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Which, we read that and we're like, okay, whatever. I think in their time, this was kind of funny. Jesus is like, dude, you want to you enter into the kingdom? It's, you you got to be born again. And Nicodemus is like, you want me to crawl in my mom's womb? I mean, this is meant to be a little bit comedy. Right? Like, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Here's this guy who's like a scholar. Jesus is trying to teach him something, and he's like, I can't figure it out. What I get from the beginning of this interaction of Jesus with Nicodemus is the mystery of the gospel. While it can be known, and we're going to talk about actually that the mystery has been revealed it's not revealed through our hard study or our work to learn, but it takes an act of God. That truly, like, man, you guys, I've been preparing really hard for this week, and I've been studying, and I've been praying, and I've been writing, and I'm so excited. With I feel like God's laid on my heart, but here's the deal. I can't bring about the life of God in you. It takes... God, it takes the Spirit of God to do that work in you. But here's what's rad. He could do that here this week. Like, like I have a trust. In the Old Testament, God actually spoke through a donkey. My prayer... Is that he would do it again this week (laughs) that if god spoke through a donkey in the old testament he could do it again and so i know this week that god could speak through me to you and by the power of the spirit of god like you could come to a knowledge of knowing jesus and being changed by the power of the gospel in you now here's what's also true if you're like dude zane i already know jesus there's another mystery of the gospel, which it's like the more you dive deeper into it, the greater it becomes and the more that you, as you grow in your knowledge of God, get changed by God and become more like God. In joy, in love, in peace, in patience, in kindness, in gentleness, in, and, and, and self selflessness, and, and self-control. Fruits of the Spirit that they begin to produce in your life. So it's for all of us. And so, so this week I get pumped because there is the true opportunity that the power of God could get unleashed in our lives. And it's power to truly change our lives. This is what Paul writes later uh, in, in Romans chapter 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. This is power to like change your life, change my life. How do I know that the gospel is powerful? It changed my life. I told you a little bit, you know, like I didn't, I, I wasn't right, really, you know, maybe the best kid. Um, I, I made some really poor decisions. In the sixth grade, I started smoking. In the seventh grade, I started drinking. And by the ninth grade, I started doing drugs. My, my life, man, like spun out of control. Um, uh, do you guys have the D.A.R.E. program in your schools? Okay, so I heard one no, some yes. But for those who don't know the D.A.R.E. program, it's like D.A.R.E. to keep kids off drugs, right? And each letter stands for something. You know, there was like an acronym, right? It's like D.A.R.E. I forget what it stands for. We just called it Drugs Are Really Expensive. <laughs> and so I then started selling drugs to pay for my own habits. And I continued in that pattern of lifestyle throughout high school um, My life really started spinning out of control. The way I knew it was getting out of control, like one of the dudes I partied with came to me at one point and was like, Zane, your life's getting out of control. What, stop for a second. When you get like one stoner to tell another stoner your life's getting out of control, you know you're in a bad position, right? So I'm like, well, what do I do, man? He's like, I don't know, bro. And so man I would try to get my life together and I would try to clean up my act but here's the deal again I didn't have the power to change myself on my own and 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 to be real just like man I hope you you hear my heart in this I try to be 100% honest whenever I come and speak at opportunities like this the reality is the 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 drugs and the drunkenness it was fun And I know some of you right now are like, what? You know, before you send your youth leader up here to, like, tackle and paze me, hold on for a second. Think about it. It's what the enemy uses to distract us. And if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it in the first place. But that's how the enemy tempts us. You know, the Bible even recognizes that sin's fun. Hebrews 11.25 says that Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy sin the pleasures of sin the pleasures of sin that only last for a season so while sin may be fun it will never fulfill And actually, I think that's what Jesus is also alluding to with Nicodemus in John chapter 3. So check this out if you still have your thumb in John chapter 3. Jesus says to Nicodemus, whoever believes in me is not condemned, but whoever does not believe, get this, stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son." So what Jesus is saying, yes, there will be a, a judgment one day where we will all stand before God and give an account and then be with God forever in a place called heaven or separated from him forever in a place called hell. And I know it's not popular, but it's true. But but here's the reality. Not only that, Jesus is telling Nicodemus that there's a way actually now that if you're rejecting Jesus today, it's not just future ramifications but it has present realities and and i began to experience that one of those is you begin to find the pleasures of sin and it lures you further away from god jesus told uh, jesus says in john ten ten, the thief seeks to steal kill and destroy the enemy is luring us away. In Romans chapter 1, Paul says that like God eventually gives people over to their passions. And what I found in sin is while it was fun in the moment, it did not fulfill and it ended up almost being fatal. And what do I mean? Well, so I continued in that pattern of lifestyle, like I couldn't change and and and, and like... I had more friends being like, Zane, you need to chill out because I was not only drinking, but I was doing drugs and I was all at the same time. And so they were like, well, Zane, you gotta like stop one. And so I was trying at this point to like stop doing drugs and I ended up drinking myself to the point of a coma because here's what I found out with substances. It's like you, you, you maybe experiment and, and, and you go out and you're like, oh, I'm gonna have a beer with my friends or I'm gonna try this substance, whatever it is. And it might seem fun in the moment, but the more that you do it, the, the, the more it takes to get that same feeling, and it ends up being this like downward spiral that sucks you deep, and my life spun out of control when I ended up passed out on a movie theater bathroom floor in a coma. Because of my addiction, I, 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 I drank way too much. I passed out. I was with my best friend, and he left me. Uh, luckily, a movie theater custodian came in, found me passed out on the bathroom floor, calls 911. They, they come, they pump my stomach, you know, cause like the alcohol's in your stomach, right? So they tried to get it out. The thing with alcohol, right? It stays also in your blood. That's why they call it a blood alcohol content. And so basically my organs began shutting down one by one. They were able to contact my mom. My mom came to the hospital and they told my mom that like I might be on my deathbed. They told my mom that like if, if I were to make it through the night, I could be in a coma for the rest of my life. If I were to come out of a coma, like I I could have brain damage, like I may no longer be the same kid. I made it. <laughs> I made it. Some of the faces in like the front row was is like, and then what happened? Like, Zane, <laughs> made it. The brain damage is debatable, but I made it, right? <laughs> And you would think that like after that, like I would get my life together and I would get back on track, but again, I didn't have the strength in and of myself to get myself back together. And, and I think this is the, the reality of the gospel where then Jesus tells Nicodemus in John three sixteen, this is the part that changes everything. John 3, 16, and many of you have probably heard this before. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to sin. Save the world through them. And again, if the consequence is not only eternal but present, so is the gift. Yes, eternal, but now. That you can get saved now. And and that's what I began to experience in my life. I got invited. I won't tell the whole story right now, but I got invited uh, by a friend's family to, to church, and um, I heard about Jesus. I, I'll tell the kind of how it all went down later, okay, so you get kind of a snapshot. And basically it was there that I met Jesus, and my life was changed forever. And I was sitting in a seat just like you are, and yeah, yeah, you can clap, whoever it was. That one person's like, yes! Everybody else is like, you deserve to die, you sinner. No, no, you weren't thinking that. But um, that just the reality, like, man, God began to change my life. I mean, so much so that I... I, I just got. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know the rules. So my life got changed. I would continue to go back to the same parties because I didn't know any different. But all of a sudden, I'd be standing with my friends and they'd be doing the same thing that they were always doing, getting drunk or getting hot or whatever. And they would pass it to me and I'd be like, oh no, I'm cool. And they'd be like, what happened to you? And I literally, I'd be like, I, I don't know. And they're like, what got into you? I'd be like, Jesus I guess. You know, it was like so foreign, but like God began to change me. So I mean, it was like, I don't know how to explain it. And I think that's what Jesus is saying to to, to Nicodemus, as he's like, it'll be as crazy as like getting born. It's like new life. It's as mysterious and miraculous as a person getting born. That's the mystery of the gospel that being a Christian Jesus doesn't say it's a new set of rules and it's all these things you have to obey he's like it's like new life it changes you you feel like a new person not that it, and please don't misunderstand like not that I'm perfect my wife and kids will tell you that you know what I mean man I, I just praise God that I'm not who I used to be and my wife, praise God, that I'm still not yet who He's going to make me to be. I'm still a work in progress, and we all are. But th- but I think that's what Paul or uh, Jesus is telling Nicodemus is this is I mean it's crazy the, the life change that happens because the gospel is powerful, and I think this is why Paul writes in Ephesians six nineteen the verse where he says, "Pray for me that whenever I speak, He's like, man, every time I open my mouth, let me just fearlessly make known this mystery." And here's the next part I wanna say. The mystery has been revealed. And and what's crazy is there may be some of you in this room who throughout the whole week, you're gonna hear it, but it might still remain a mystery to you. And that's the reality because it can't come just through your great education or your hard effort. It's gonna take an act of God, but He could do that. If you're open to him. And, 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 and this mystery, man, when it comes to life, it changes you. And, and just, I want to try to sum it up in, in a quick way that will maybe hopefully help of like, well, what is this gospel then, Zane? It, it starts, the gospel, it starts with God. So if you're taking notes, I would write that like, one great God. And we're going to talk through these couple points this week. So if you miss it now, you'll, you'll get it. It starts with one great God. Comes to one great problem, moves to one great hope, and boils all down for all of us to one great decision. The first part, one great God. I mean, think about this. In the garden, you were made to know God. Like there was a purpose for your life and it was meant to be with God. Let, like let this bake your noodle for a minute. That the God of the universe made you. Psalm 139 says that he knit you together in your mother's womb, that like your life is not an accident, and that he loves you. So like if God had a wallet, your picture would be in it. You know, if he had like a tattoo, it would be your name, it would be like the heart, you know, the little arrow through, it would be like Zane, right? Like God loves you, he made you, he knows you, and he wants you to get to know him. And, and, and the, that's the reality, and we'll, we'll talk more tomorrow about how great this God is, but man, he is so good, so good. And the, the next part, one great problem, whether we realize it or not, we all sin. Like, I don't even know you guys, and I can look out, the, I'm like, y'all a bunch of little sinners, you know. I even got that word y'all from y'all. Because I'm from Seattle, Washington originally, so we don't say words like that, but I came to the south, you know, and I'm like, I love me some southern people. I love southern cooking, which this is like total. Do you guys ever get distracted in the midst of talking? That's me, okay? I'm like, squirrel, what? (laughs) And so if, if you're looking to, like, feed someone this week, I've established myself as the great food judge of all southern cooking, okay? So I'm here to eat some barbecue, have some good times, and hang out, okay? I'm uh, from the north, right? We don't get that, you know? It's like potatoes and so. Um, but but the, the reality is, like, we all sin. We've all fall short. W- what do I mean? I know that all of y'all are sinners. And you're like, how do you know that? Because we're sinful from birth. You're like, how do you know that? I got three little kids. I love them to death. Bunch of little sinners, though. I'm, I mean, I love I think they're the cutest kids in the world. They're little sinners. Take after their mom. No, I can say that. She's not here. But I mean, think about it. The one thing you never have to teach a baby is how to be bad. You ever think about that? Like, we know it by nature. The one thing you have to teach a child is how to obey. Because by nature, we are born with sin. That's why you turn on the news and you see what you do. There is one great problem, and it's sin. Sin is the problem. And and, and this this is why Jesus had to come. This is why there is then one great hope. Jesus took the penalty that you and I deserve. I love the way that Jesus tells Nicodemus this. Here's what Jesus says. Just as Moses, it is, uh, John 3, 14 through 16. Just as Moses, was lifted up, M- Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the son of man must be lifted up that a- everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Just so you know the background of the story, it's kind of where you're like, what, Moses lifted up a snake? So it was in the Old Testament, Moses leading the people of God, they, they became rebellious and, and, and snakes, God sent snakes to come out and poisonous snakes and they began to bite people as part of their judgment, and they started dying, and it was like tons of people are dying. There's snakes everywhere. I mean, imagine that, like, in this room, all of a sudden, like, like, oh, oh, well, some of us have, you know, you lied to your parents, and it's like, what? And they're like, snakes, and I'm like, Aah! you know, and starts biting, and you're like, there goes Jimmy, he gone, you know, he's like, oh, I've been bit, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, Todd comes up here and he's like, I heard from the Lord. And he like takes this bronze snake and he's like, here's what you gotta do. You're like, what is what, what is, like you know, you're now your youth pastor, like, he gone too. You know, you're like, oh man, and like, snakes are coming. What do we do? And Todd's like, here it is. And he takes this gold, this bronze snake, and like wraps it around a stick and says, Anyone who looks at the snake on the stick will be Healed immediately. And it works. People start looking at the snake, and it's like the bite, you know, the swelling, you see the, the red, and also like shoo, goes away. And they're like, it worked. You know, can you imagine? Like, you know, your one buddy's laying there, and they're like, no, no, just look up at the snake. Like, who's Todd? Like, he's the guy with the snake, you know? Look! And, and so you do. What is so crazy is this is what Jesus says: this is this is salvation. He says, This is this is the one great hope. Is that all not who look to a snake on a stick, but all who look to Jesus on the cross. You see the parallel that like you look to Jesus and he is your salvation, not just for, for, for like the, the regret that you have, but for all of the sin that you and I have ever committed and will commit and are committing, that he's salvation. He's salvation, not just for the future, but now help out of your depression, victory over your struggles, that he can empower you to overcome those things that the devil throws at you. Like this is why he's like, look at the snake. No, this brings us to the next part of the gospel, one great decision. Let's go back to Moses, and then, I mean, here we are, right? Todd's got the snake, and your, you know, friends are keeling over, like, ah, I've you know, imagine this. There were some people who wouldn't look. Can you imagine that? Like, you've been bit, and you're like, I'm dying, you know, and it's like affecting your heart, just like slowing down, you're getting like cold sweats, which is different than the meat sweats, anybody here, you know, like a good southern barbecue, you get the meat sweats, it's kind of like that, but you know, you're like, i am in bit, and you're like, I'm dying, and your friend's like, there's a snake up there, I just look, look, I'm healed, like, look, look, and you're like, I'm not gonna look, and you're like, just look, and you're like, I don't like Todd, though, you're like, I don't care about Todd! He's got the snake on the stick, he just gotta look! And you're like, No, I'm gonna die. <laughs> and I think there were literally people who stayed in their tent and did not come out and look. And my hope this weekend is that we hear, again, not just about a snake on a stick, but that we uncover the mystery of Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh, crucified, nailed to a cross. I mean, check it out. It's one of the most secure facts we have in the history of our world, that over 2,000 years ago, a real man named Jesus lived and died. Our dates are split in two by this one man's life. BC and AD, based on Jesus. Virtually no historians debate whether he was really alive. I actually just got to go to Israel last summer. The one thing that blew my mind about being in Israel, like going to the town where they, like, this is where Jesus grew up, no one there debates about Jesus' life or death. (laughs) They're like, oh yeah, you can, like, go down to where he was lived. You can like see where most likely he was crucified, whether you're Jewish, whether you're atheist, whether you're a Christian, whether you're um, Muslim, they all believe in Jesus. But what it comes down to is that one great decision. Jesus says in John 3:14 through16, "To Nicodemus, just." As Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. We're going to lift him up this week, and we're going to talk about Jesus a lot. That everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This is the good news of the gospel. Where Jesus says in John 10.10, yeah, the thief seeks to steal, kill and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have life to the fullest. And I think about the power of the mystery of the gospel, it changed my life. That blows my mind, like I used to be a guy who sold drugs and did drugs and OD'd and 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 now I have the privilege to stand here and speak about the power of God to change lives because God is in the business of changing lives, giving hope to the hopeless, restoring the broken, healing our hurts, being with us in the midst of feeling all alone. It's the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done, what he will do, and the reality of what he is doing. And so this weekend, I'm going to be straightforward with you guys. This week, i want to be straightforward with you. And I'm going to give you opportunities to make that great decision. And I'm not going to pressure you into it. Like, I'm not, that's not my style. I'm going to give you an opportunity, not to respond to me. But, at, but to come forward and to respond to Jesus. That you might experience that life-changing power of the gospel. I'm not only seen it in my life, but those around me. I thought, you know, so after my life got changed, um, I ended up going to a Bible school out in the middle of Colorado. Uh, I kind of part went to snowboard because I was a big snowboarder at the time, competing, and so I was like, you can learn about Jesus and snowboard? I'm in, right? And so my life had just recently been changed. I ended up selling a car that I had bought with drug money and that's how I paid for my Bible school tuition, which you're like, whoa, that's kind of, you know, I'm like, and now I travel around, and I speak and promote those Bible schools, because like, I don't have the money to pay for that, I'm like, I got a plan, no, just joking, <laughs> um, but I, I went there, my, my life was radically changed, and I began to think about my friends back home, I'm like, they need Jesus, and I began to think about my family, and at the time, man, my, my mom didn't know Jesus, my dad didn't know Jesus, my sister, um, my, my best friend, my, my, my dad had been through kind of multiple different marriages. And so my ex-stepmom and other ex-stepmom, they didn't know Jesus and God began to place them on my heart. And I remember at one point in time being like, I need to call my ex-stepmom. But I was like, what am I going to say? I mean, she actually had kicked me out of the house Twice. I was like that fungus you can't get rid of, you know, I was like, go away, she kicked me out, I'm like, I'm coming back, she kicked me out again, um, and, and, you know, I'm not saying that bad about her, I mean, I was like a punk kid too, right, but, but we just didn't have a good relationship, I and mean, when we were, we were against each other, we honestly hated each other, but I felt like I needed to call her, and I hadn't talked to her in years, so I remember I called, I picked up that phone, I called her, I'm like, hey, she's like, hey, have I haven't heard from you in forever, I'm like, yeah, and she's like, so what's going on, I told her a little bit about my life, like, hey, man, I my, I came to know Jesus and she, she knew a little bit about it. So, well you know yeah, I'm like, he's really changing my life and, and here's the deal I'm finding so much freedom and forgiveness in him, he's really changed me he's offered me forgiveness for all the things I've done and so I want to say one, I'm sorry and two, I wanted to ask will you forgive me? and she was like well yeah and I was like and I wanted to let you know all the stuff that you did bad to me because God has forgiven me I want to forgive you." And, and she just started crying on the phone, which, girls, just side note, us guys don't know what to do when you're crying. <laughs> it's like, you might as well be on fire. You know, we're like, uh, guys are like, uh, stop, drop, and roll. You know, like, <laughs> you know we don't know what to do, right? But, but give us a break. Sometimes you don't either. you know, like, well, you're, why are you crying? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> you're like, how am I supposed to help? <laughs> So, so anyway, she starts crying, I don't know what to do. And, and now get this, this is where, I mean, I'm just gonna tell you how it is because there's a mystery in the power of the gospel. And so I said, you know, what's going on? She goes, Zane, I had a dream that you, you came to me in my dream like four nights ago and you were dressed all in white and you were hand in hand with your new friend, Jesus, who you said you wanted to introduce me to. Now here's the deal, I got to then talk with her, I began to to share the gospel, and right there she trusted Jesus on the phone. Praise God. Now, here's the craziest part about it, is she then wanted me to baptize her and her new husband. Praise God. And now I still in, in contact. My ex-stepmom, like we go visit her all the time. God has still con- and now she shares her face. She's a she rides horses and she shares her face at all the barns that she goes to. I mean, it's just crazy how God's worked. And here's the wild thing: she was raised by a Satanist. But the power of God changes lives. And you could do that in your life here too, this week. So, Father God, we thank you for the reality of this great news. I pray, God, that we would respond this week. Not not to the speaker, not to just this event, but, but to, to you. Maybe you're speaking to our heart right now, or maybe it's in the midst of the time in, in, in our, our church groups or in our small groups. Or maybe it's, you know, late night conversations, uh, walks to go get ICs. <laughs> that, Lord, as you lead in our hearts, that we would respond to you. Lord, we thank you for this great, great news. We love you, and we thank you for the gift of your love towards us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening.